0: Hey, Dominic Steele with a Pastor's Heart Ministry tip and planning evangelistic Sunday meetings. Every so often we do it, a special Sunday to invite along our non-Christian friends. And here's a couple of thoughts. David Jensen says we should be remembering that visitors don't so much listen as feel. And so putting thought into your pre and post church, the whole welcoming morning tea, dinner afterwards vibe, that's going to pay dividends in addition to using warm, welcoming language in the service leading, in the kid's spot, in the sermon. If you're visiting this morning, we're so glad you're here. We hope you enjoy your time with us. It it seems so obvious, and yet so often we forget even a basic, specific welcome to the newcomers. Have your best people on Welcome Car Park and looking out for those after-church conversations. I want to see this as an evangelistic gathering, which is a first step, a first date with God. And if that's the case, everything shouldn't work towards making a decision today, but rather everything should work towards a second date, a second opportunity to discover relationship with Jesus, which is why we advertise a course early in the meeting. We play a video promo for introducing God. We make big efforts to interview an adult who's come into relationship with God through that course. And then the purchase proposition or application point of the meeting or sermon is do the course rather than commit now. We we do offer as a second, less significant choice, the option, yeah, 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 I'd like to do the course, but I want to make a step tonight to trust Jesus. Well, you can do that, but we don't see that as the main thing to make a decision on the first date. Now, you want to work against an insider mindset. What I mean by that is people who speak from the platform shouldn't behave as if everyone knows them and agrees with them, but rather they should introduce themselves and speak and explain things as if their own non-Christian friend was present and listening. I mean, that should happen anyway, and that you should behave always as if outsiders are there. That'll communicate to your membership that it's safe to bring outsiders, to have everyone introduce themselves, Bible readers, prayers, song leaders. For example in the public praying at an evangelistic meeting, pray as if there are unbelievers present. Pray prayers that they can agree with. Pray prayers that the whole community can support. Care about floods, care about COVID, care about bushfires, praying for good government rather than the specific prayers of Christians. Don't be praying about conversion therapy legislation in Victoria and songs. Sing songs intelligible to the unbeliever preaching one Sunday morning evangelistically somewhere in the lyrics, I have been justified, sanctified, forgiven, made free. Now, that song, it shouldn't have been programmed at an evangelistic service. Don't sing that song at an evangelistic service. Now, you want to think about what happens with the financial collection, the communion. We don't do financial collection in our public meetings, so it doesn't impact us. We do it electronically, basically for this reason. And actually, we won't do communion on days when we're expecting large numbers of guests. In terms of response cards, we worked really hard to switch our church to electronic cards, but I found the electronic feedback card just doesn't work for guests. At our gingerbread nights and at Christmas, well, gingerbread night one, we asked people to use the QR code for the electronic feedback card. We got a tiny response. Then on the subsequent gingerbread cards, we went back to using physical cards. We got a much higher response. We can train the Christians to use the QR codes for feedback cards, but that's not going to work with the non-Christian guest. And now this is most important of all. Paul says, pray I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Paul in Colossians asks for prayer that he might proclaim it clearly. And then he teaches them to demand the preacher proclaim it clearly. So he wants them to pray and to evaluate. I mean, was it made clear that Jesus is Savior and Lord with the application point, repentance and faith? See, so if you teach Jesus his saviour and you apply, well, trust, faith. You teach Jesus his Lord and you apply repentance. John Chapman taught us four questions. Was the gospel preached? Was it preached in categories that people could understand? Were the unbelievers present? Was the atmosphere conducive? They're still the four questions that I use to evaluate the evangelistic meaning in the staff room after it's all over. I'm just going to pray that all of our public evangelism might commend the Lord Jesus, that there'd be unbelievers present, that we might communicate it in categories that people could understand, and that the Holy Spirit might work powerfully. Let's pray. Our Father God, we pray that we might proclaim it clearly as we should. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to proclaim Jesus in such categories that our unbelieving friends can understand. And we just we don't just think of the sermon, we think of the whole meeting. We pray that the atmosphere might be conducive. And Lord God, you, we pray that you might trust us. We pray that you might bring people along, um, that unbelievers might be present to hear the word and that we might be able to proclaim it clearly and serve you in this way of preaching Christ and that people might come to a course and in the end be saved. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.